Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Live from Smitty1.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Take a lap. What is going on, everybody? Smitty, your boy here from the Fantasy Football Show, uh, breaking down a lot of news around the league. First and foremost, Adam Schefter apologizing, finally. Finally, we've been waiting for a Shefty apology for for how long now? Um, and, and some of his comments were like, you know, I, I appreciated them, um, but, you know, he, he would circle back and say like, oh, but, you know, people already know this, whatever. He shouldn't have said what he said. Like, if, if for those that don't know what Adam Schefter said, basically, uh, when he was announcing, let me see if I can pull it up on screen here, when he was announcing that uh, Dwayne Hack- Haskins had passed away, uh, it was a very callous way that he reported on it. And everybody just tore into him on Twitter, um, pretty much everywhere, when this man said it the way that he said it. And it was it was callous the way that he worded it. Um, I'll try and pull it up and put it on screen here. But it, it was something to the effect of uh, that, you know, Dwayne Haskins, comma, who failed to really materialize at the NFL level is essentially what he was saying, comma, passed away and it was like why are you going to say something negative about the the man before you even tell us that he passed away so you know to frame it that way Dwayne Haskins comma who failed at the NFL level you know Ohio State standout who struggled to I I think he said really get going on with two different organizations comma passed away and so he lost a lot of credibility a lot of credibility we got a little flicker with the uh, camera again which I don't know what is going on here with this camera. It's driving me nuts. Let's unplug this bad boy and plug it back in. Let's see if we can get this sucker resolved. Um, so, kind of, uh, kind of tough to... There we go. I think we're back. No flicker. No flicker. So, he apologized. You know, it took him long enough. But, you know, I, I accept it. But at the same time, I... I think he's lost a lot of credibility. I mean, just look at the the comments here. Uh, About time he did it. Clown emoji. Clown emoji. Uh, Wow, that's messed up. I mean, there's a lot of people that lost respect for him. Honestly, Team Ian Rappaport. Team Ian Rappaport. At me if you want. I'm I'm currently on Team Rappaport. They, They practically tweet the same thing at the exact same time anyway. Do we really need to... Do we really need two Adam Schefters or two Ian Rappaports? Now Rappaport's the goat, in my opinion. Do we need two? Do we need a replica? What what's the what is the good of having both of them do the same job side by side? Can someone explain to me why we have two two breaking news reporters that are doing the same thing? That are are getting the same exact information. One tweets something, 26 seconds later, at the very least, the other tweets the same thing. Then one tweets something, 14 seconds later, the other one tweets the same thing. We don't need it. I don't need two 
two notifications on my phone for the same information. You know, I, I don't know why. This man's getting paid. Adam Schefter's getting paid nine mil a year. More than Jamar Chase. This man's doing less than Jamar Chase for more money. I get it. He's connected. And he has paid his dues. He was literally, I think, well thought of by everybody. But something happened to where he started trying to become a talking head mixed with reporter. He's a news-based reporter, fact-based reporter. He gets the call. He says, hello? Oh, yeah. Okay, you got it? I'll report it. Boom. Sends it out there into the ether. And then the analysts, the talking heads, take it, mold it, shape it, talk about it. People like myself, we talk about it. And I think he he went through a midlife crisis in his career, and he wanted to be the person to analyze it. He wanted to report it, and I think he got tired of everybody else interpreting his... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This news that he broke and got got the splashy headline, he wasn't satisfied enough with being the, the famous guy that broke the news. He had it really good. Everybody liked him. Everybody loved him. I don't know what was the problem with that. Why, why did he need to have both? He just got tired of seeing everybody else have a bigger stage with his breaking news content. So what did he do? He started becoming an opinion-based analyst. But the problem is he didn't let us know when he was converting into opinion versus when he was reporting fact. Like the debacle on draft day this time last year when he basically said that an Aaron Rodgers trade was, what, about to happen when he, he later admitted that it was just his opinion? But yet he framed it in such a way that we all thought he had insider information per source. Per source from what? Per source from my my little notebook where I've, I've jotted down little predictions. And that's great if you're a prediction talking head type person like myself. I'm admitting I don't fact check everything I do. I'll toss out a gut instinct. That's the way I, that's the way I am. It's the way my mom made me. It's the way God made me. I am an opinion based analyst. You know, I may get breaking news from time to time. My job is not to try and break it. My job is to interpret it. My job is when you hear, oh my God, Cooper Cup just signed an extension, let's say. That could be one of the breaking news reports coming down the way very, very soon. And let's say in two weeks that happens or a week that happens. Guess what I'm here to do? You know your boy Smitty has punched that go live button and I'm here to break it down. I'm not here to try and tell you for the very first time. You know how many text messages and alerts we all get? How often is the same person aside from Schefter and Rappaport breaking some, something down first? You're hearing it from them first. Like, it's so hard to really be the original breaking news source. You're not going to be. No one's going to be. There's always somebody that has the information before you. My job, my job is to break it down. My job, I want you, every single one of you to sit there and go, oh my God, this news just broke. Who's talking about it right now? I want to know what people think. Smitty. Smitty's live, right? I bet you anything. Smitty heard the news. He literally went live about 25 to 45 seconds after the news broke and he's live right now for an hour talking about this situation that's my job 
That's my world. I don't pretend to ever be the guy that's going to get the text message or call about the actual news breaking. I'm not trying to do that. You're not going to see me on Instagram going, breaking news. Oh my God. Cooper Cup signed a deal. I don't need to do that. You guys have already heard it. What you want to hear from me is what I think about it. And so Schefter, I don't know what made him want to be that person, but he's not. His prediction and and, and intuition as to what can happen or how this player is going to play or what's going to, until he knows the facts, he's not good at predicting. He's got a very bad track record going rogue and off the rails on predicting what could happen. Oh, Mac Jones. No, not Mac Jones. Trey Lance. Your boy Smitty said Trey Lance. I said it was going to be Trey Lance. Why, why is he doing it? Why? Why? But he did apologize, and, and and at least I appreciate that. But I lost a lot of a lot of he lost a lot of credibility for me, a lot, a lot, you know. And we all make mistakes, but this isn't the first time Schefter's like done this kind of thing. So it, it's not like I'm, you know, we all make mistakes, and and Lord knows I'm going to say something stupid at some point, you know. And, and I think you know it's okay to make mistakes, and you know if he's asking for forgiveness or he's apologizing I'm willing to give him that but he's gonna have to earn my respect that I have for like Rappaport right now like Rappaport's the goat I'm team Rappaport but you know he deserves a a second chance he doesn't deserve to be fired everyone's saying call calling for his job he should be fired from ESPN no I mean he worded something wrong he didn't maliciously go out and try and do something horrible so I'm not calling for him to be removed, and no one's going to remove him. I don't think it's not it's not a it's not a hanging offense, but it's it's definitely definitely like a bad taste of Rappaport. Stop trying to to interpret things. Be the guy that you you grew to be, and everybody loves the the factual based reporter, the John Clayton kind of guy. Like John Clayton was a goat. If you don't know who John Clayton is, you missed out. If John Clayton was born in this decade. Or he was uh, at his prime in this this current like stretch of the last like four or five years in, into social media right now. John Clayton would be untouchable in the news department. People would love this guy and how he brought it. Just completely like just I don't know how to describe John Clayton, but just goat, just goatness, oozing goatness from his pores. This guy was the man. If he was in his prime right now, there would be no Schefter or Ian Rappaport. Even Rappaport couldn't compete with John Clayton if John Clayton was dealing with today's social media storm. This guy was insane. Um, but but Schefter is just, he comes off as a different kind of like, I want to be this, I want to be that. Like, you are who you are, and it's a very good job. Like, why do you need to dip into this whole, like, predictive and projection? And, like, that's not who you are. No one wants that. You can't merge the two worlds. You can't be a straight-edge news reporter, breaking news, being the guy that gets the call, and then start confusing us with your interpretation of it, which ends up being wrong more times than not. It makes you not credible. I like to know that I can go to Schefter and find out what's happening. When he muddies up the waters and doesn't tell you when it's conjecture or prediction or predictive uh, thought process, and he presents it like it's a source or a fact, we lose credit. he loses credibility with us. And that's what I'm trying to say. What's up, uh, Blackbeard's in the house? Uh... Doug's trying to get on my good side. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the last like four, five, six, seven messages by Doug have been like buttering me up. Like Smitty Clayton, 
Smitty's the goat. <laughs> Doug must have got a little worried that he was on the outs. So Doug's been kind of, kind of, you know, uh, bringing the the niceties. So appreciate appreciate you, Doug. I mean, honestly, you know, I kind of like this new Doug. Anybody remember Clayton and Sal- uh, Salisbury going at it? Kinda. You know, Clayton was a goat though. Clayton was. Clayton, I don't know if anybody remembers that commercial where Clayton, it, uh, the ESPN commercial, when ESPN was doing commercials for the first time and everyone was like, oh my God, these are so funny. It's sports commercials that are funny. And Clayton goes, and that's the breaking news. And then they go, cut! And then he rips off the like half spake suit, has the mullet, takes his hair out, jumps onto the bed, starts eating the, the I don't know, the meatloaf or something, uh, the, the chili. And he's like, ma! And he starts screaming. It was great. It was the best commercial ever made. Uh, it still goes down, in my opinion, as the best sports commercial for like a news network that's ever been been created. I absolutely love John Clayton. Clayton was so awesome, so awesome, man. Uh, it's so sad that Clayton's not here reporting news. Uh, where are we at? Appreciate you, Drew C. Drew C. is the top super chatter of the year so far. Where is that? Where is that? High super chatter of the year. There it is. Sorry, Drew. I need to put it up there. Drew C. Hundred five dollar spot dropped he's continuing to be the reigning champ no one's knocking him off yet DeAndre Swift uh second round yeah I mean I would say like mid to late and there's nothing wrong with that I don't feel like that's a big risk and and for anybody saying oh Smitty you're coming around on on DeAndre Swift now it's so nice to see you coming around finally to join us with the DeAndre no it's not about that it's a year-to-year process fantasy football is not like, oh, because you didn't like him last year, you can't like him this year. I'm not your analyst if you think I'm going to take what I said last year and just roll it over blindly into 2022. No, a lot determines on situation. He doesn't have Anthony Lynn there anymore. He doesn't have that. He's our second running back, and Jamal Williams is our first running back, which was the mentality that both the OC and the head coach, Anthony Lynn and the head coach, both brought into 2021. They wanted to run both of them equally and use Jamal Williams a little more. There was injury risk on top of that. Then there was situational risk because the talent was diluted. There was a whole bunch of reasons to avoid uh, Swift at 12 or 13 overall, which he disappointed at if you drafted him in early uh, you know, January, February, March at that value. Now he's earning that value because the red flags are minimized. Now you've got injury risk. Situation, you know, it's, it's not the most ideal but it's not the worst situation. You got St. Brown stretching the field. He tore it up down the stretch. You've got Swift now as the uncontested uh, volume guy in Detroit. And, you know, they, they could they could be better at certain facets of the game and the offense and the defense, but they're not bad. They're not bad. They're in a, they're in a decent position to get Swift a lot of work. He's kind of protected in... If they get down and they're passing the football, he can be involved in the receiving game. And if they're, for whatever reason, up, uh, which will be, I think, more rare than not, then this dude is definitely going to get fed the football between the tackles. So he's a volume, kind of a safe, uh, almost a volume-proof kind of running back. But taking away the coaching mentality of we're going to run a committee, that that is what one of the biggest red flags was. So Swift, I like this year. It has nothing to do with what happened last year. Do I feel differently? Do I feel like I missed? No, I, I feel like what I said about Swift last year was true. He didn't z- deserve to be 12 or 13 overall, which is where he was at the beginning of the year. And yeah, he started to fall. And maybe I should have been a little higher on him when he fell to like third round value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he definitely was okay there for sure. He definitely earned his value there, but he wasn't like a 
he had a lot of red flags. He had a lot of risk with that situation that could have went either way, and it ended up going in a positive way by midseason on. But it could have very well went the other way, too. He could have got hurt on top of everything. Right now, he walks in with one red flag, injury. Injury concern. Situation is not a problem. I like Swift. Mid to late second round is completely fine. And if you go wide receiver like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup in a redraft league, and you can get your first running back, your first RB1 in round two, and it's Swift, Jamar Chase and Swift are a nice combo. Justin Jefferson and Swift are a nice combo. It makes it very easy to to contemplate the wide receiver round one approach when you got a guy like Swift who could be a RB1 sitting in round two. Not to mention, not to mention, I think it's very, very likely that you could run into, where's my marker when I need it? Well, you can run into, let's say, a round one and round two scenario where you have almost a guaranteed by the middle second round up to get either Swift or Brees Hall. And for me, that makes going wide receiver a very safe approach in round one. Give me Jamar Chase. Give me Justin Jefferson. Give me Cooper Cup. If I'm falling anywhere between picks four and 12, and you can give me one of Cup, Jefferson, or Jamar Chase, almost guaranteed, and I'm not getting one of the top three or four running backs, then I'm going wide receiver. I'm going Jamar Chase, I'm going Justin Jefferson, or I'm going Cooper Cup. I'm going one of those three wide receivers, and then I'm picking one of these guys, and I'm absolutely loving it. That is a fine approach for me in 2022. I don't hesitate to go wide receiver in round one, and it's because of that avenue that's available. Best player available, people. Best player available is the only way to go because it sets you up in a position where you're not chasing talent or positions. You're not looking at, hey, oh, I'm going to go with a position here. And then later on, I got to do it again because I put myself in a bind at this. You go best player available. If it creates a hole, you'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. We'll get you sleepers. We'll get you running back twos. We'll find a way if... Best player available leaves you weak at running back two. Your boy Smitty's going to tell you to get ETN and pair him with A.J. Dillon and find a way to, to pair a rookie like Rashad White and A.J. Dillon and Tony Pollard together to be a platoon running back two that if it lands because you went BPA at every other position, now if A.J. Dillon lands as your running back two championship, that's what best player available can do. Set you up to hit a home run. All you got to do is focus on the void the best player available may or may not create. And it may not. It may be best player available creates a balanced approach. Maybe in this case right here, you end up walking out with Jamar Chase with your, your first round pick. You end up with Brees Hall as your second round pick. You end up with, uh, let's say let's say you go Josh Allen in round three. You have a balanced approach. You're not chasing any position. You're, you're basically freed up to do whatever you want. And let's say you don't take... Uh, Josh Allen, you go Jamar Chase, Brees Hall, and then in round three, you get, uh, you're lucky enough to get a, a player like, I don't know, um, DK Metcalf, let's just say. Like, you're building a very well-rounded team. Best player available does not have to walk you down a, a, a scary alley uh, or dead end where you're forced to just, like, have this hole at running back two. We're going to help you. The show is here to help you, to try and get you in a position to draft ETNs, Tony Pollards, 
Get a platoon going. Go St. Brown at your wide receiver two spot because you have a hole at wide receiver two and you're going to take a big risk on St. Brown. Or we figure out how to get you a, a Albert O at tight end because you ignored the tight end position. Or you can go and get Pat Fryermuth. Or you're so lucky to see uh, 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 Dawson Knox or Dalton Schultz fall. These are guys that can save you at tight end and become the Darren Wallers of the past, become the, the, the Hawkinsons of the past, become the, the breakout guy that wins you a league, the Darren Waller of the past. Don't forget to hit that like button, says Blackbeard. Punch the thumbs up, uh, uh, thumbs up button on your way in the door as well. Hit that subscribe button if you're new and wipe your feet at the door. Thank you very much for that, Blackbeard, for reminding me to tell the people to hit the button. Now, I do see a couple of questions here. Uh, super deeper sleep. Super deep sleeper. I like this year is Miko Hardman, says Jeff. I don't know, bro. I mean, I don't blame you for liking Miko. And he's got, he's got the upside, I guess. But... I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily buying. I'm just gonna tell you. Miko Hardman's had a lot of time to kind of prove it, and even though he hasn't really had the full opportunity, he should have had enough of an opportunity to flash a little bit more. He's quick. I like him. Um, I I don't disagree with you if the price is right. Let me put it that way. I like Miko Hardman if the price is right, but he's certainly got a lot to prove to me before I'm really like buying into this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, who's your James Robinson this year or Philip Lindsay? Oh God, Philip Lindsay, you forget about him. When you hear that name, you're like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> but you forget Philip Lindsay was, was James Robinson the year prior. Um, my, my, uh, my James Robinson this year, I mean, ETN is kind of, kind of fitting that mold because he goes like in round four or five. And let's be honest, James Robinson, um, I mean, he was a free agent the year prior, so if you're talking, like, guy to come out of nowhere, I mean, like, A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard, these guys will all get drafted, so they're not quite James Robinson. They're not quite, like, free agent guy. If we're talking, like, a guy you might find on waivers, um, you know, I mean, if we're talking that deep, I would say Kyron Williams, the rookie, who knows where he lands. It could be cloudy, but then he climbs. Uh, James Cook, the running, rookie running back, Dalvin Cook's brother. Uh, Miles Gaskin could be a forgotten man because he he appears to be third on the depth chart with Mostert and Edmonds above him, but he's really the most talented running back on the roster. And I wonder if if uh, McDaniel, like he used Debo in San Francisco, I wonder if he'll use Gaskin a little bit in the reverse, the inverse kind of role where he's you know used a lot at wide receiver and 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 still doing well at running back. Um, obviously, you know, I, I like Madison. You like J.D. McKissick, you know, and the values. Amir White, the rookie running back. Jarrett Patterson, if you want. I would say my two James Robinsons would be Jarrett Patterson. If you're talking like James Robinson when he was completely off the radar entirely. Keyshawn Vaughn, maybe. James Robinson, maybe. and I'm sorry, James Robinson. What am I saying? Jarrett Patterson. Jarrett Patterson... Keyshawn Vaughn and and Rashad White. Let me put that on screen for you. There, there's there's three really good names for you if you're if you're wanting me to to crank out you know some James Robinson. So Keyshawn Vaughn, so Vaughn, uh, Patterson, and Rashad White. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Those are my three next James Robinson potential guys. Yeah, pa- Pollard. I mean, Pollard too, but the problem is Pollard's not going to be... We'll put Pollard number one because him and him and Dylan are, are obvious. So Dylan... Let's do it like that. Pollard, Dylan, but those are like more obvious. And then the, the more deep guys, Vaughn, which I need an H. Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh the you know, the the backup in, in Tampa. Jared Patterson, um, who could be, you know, he's one injury away from from getting the lineup now. McKissick's still there, but Jared Patterson, if Gibson got hurt, Patterson would be uh, a find. Rashad White, depending on where he lands, he could be an absolute monster. So I really like Rashad White. Uh, Michael Carter's a bigger name. He's not quite James Robinson, like, off the radar. But in terms of, like, a middle-range guy that could blow up, he's a, definitely a good sleeper candidate. I like that. Um, but James Robinson's tough because that, that, that was hard to, you know, see coming. I do like KJ Hamler a lot. I've talked about Hamler quite a bit. I, I do think he, he's coming back from that uh, ACL, so we'll see how quickly he... Uh, progresses, but uh, he's definitely an, an upside guy. Amari Rogers, maybe. I, I like Lazard a lot better. Are we doing super flex best uh, super flex best ball draft tonight? Um, no, probably not. 49er. I'll try and do a best ball, but I don't know about super flex. I don't know if underdogs dropping those, and we only do underdog fantasy drafts. Which, by the way, if you want access to my video courses, all my video courses. Get on over to smitty1.com um, or click the underdog banner uh, uh, on, on smitty1.com or or use promo code smitty and get a free 10-minute phone call. And also, uh, you can get access to all my video courses all year. I'll give you free access to that. Just screenshot uh, a receipt that you deposited $10 in an underdog account using promo code smitty or going to... Um, smitty1.com and clicking on that fantasy the underdog fantasy banner so go do that today and we'll be doing some some best ball drafts don't you worry can we get a guest to hop on tonight maybe dr raj i'll look and see if he's available um stay tuned on that smitty do you see signs i do the bears will be running the football this year yeah i mean i mean montgomery's good upside i like montgomery a lot at the at the adp value of like round four or five he's been falling in round four round five it's kind of crazy i think monty's got top 10 running back appeal so whenever you can get a running back that you know may or may not finish in the top 10 he's not locked to but when you get a guy that can be a top 10 running back falling to like 4.8 you know, you could go RB, you could go real light at RB2 and get Montgomery, and that's not a bad approach. Montgomery at the end of the fourth round is your running back two. I mean, you, th- you think about that in the context of this right here. You get Jamar Chase, you get Brees Hall, you get DK Mech, or you get DK Metcalf, then you get David Montgomery in round four. P- pretty decent approach, if you ask me. I don't mind it. Um, what IDP player would you recommend? Go after Sauce Gardner. In I don't care if he's a rookie. Go after Sauce Gardner. I like Stingley a lot. 
Um, make sure you're attacking these guys in your IDP leagues. Um, Hutchinson, you know, it's nice to get a young rookie as well. But those are those are guys that I'm. I, I think Sauce is going to be, if not the best player in this draft, um, only second to like Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, whoever lands in Buffalo. It's literally Sauce Gardner, top one to three overall player in this 2022 NFL draft. Um, Yo, Smitty, you should be on ESPN. Thank you, Frederick. I appreciate that. You know the honest truth. I don't think I'd want to be on ESPN, Frederick. I'm not saying that I would turn it down necessarily, if like depending on the situation. But I, I like where I'm at. I'm making my own way. I work for myself. I don't work for anybody. I work for this studio right here. And I come to work and do what I want when I want. If I want to change my logos someday, just out of the blue, I can change my logos. If I want, if I want to wear sweatpants into my studio and work today, I wear sweatpants into my studio and I work. If I want to... Uh, if I want to do this or do that, I get to do what I want. Um, and it, it would take, in order to work for like an ESPN, it'd have to be a big commitment of airtime because I don't want to just, just do, do something like that and not talk to my people all the time, all day, every day. I enjoy what I do too much to actually go work for a company like that. I'm never saying never, but it'd have to be, it'd probably have to be in conjunction with what I do here. I don't know that I could ever release or get rid of what I've built here because we're going to the top. Look at Pat McAfee. You know, this guy went from zero to a hundred in, in, in no time. And we're picking up steam pretty good here. We're, we're, we're on the map for fantasy channels. And, and, you know, as we hit that 20,000 subscriber mark, things are going to cascade and grow bigger and bigger. Once we get to a hundred K, which I have no doubt will be in the next couple years, um, if not sooner, Depends how, how quickly you guys all spread the word. Telling your friends, telling your grandma, sharing the link all helps us grow. And to be a part of this, once it becomes that big, it's worth sharing and telling people about it. Even if you're telling your coworkers that you don't play in a bunch of fantasy leagues with, tell people about the show. We're more than just a fantasy show. We're an NFL show. So if you have people that maybe don't even play fantasy, but they want to they wanna talk about all the news, like the Schefter thing today, or if Cooper Cup signs a contract extension, we're going to talk about fantasy, but we're also talking about the NFL all the time. You don't have to be a fantasy football fan to enjoy and consume this show. I'm literally attacking all of these issues from a fantasy and non-fantasy perspective. This is a sports show. You know, it's not just a fantasy show. We're titled the Fantasy Football Show, but we are talking about sports in general all the time. So um, we're going to take this thing to the top. I have no doubt about that, and I'm so glad that I have every one of you here. I'm going to try and be the most engaging show I can be till the end of time. I don't care if we have 100,000 followers or subscribers. I'm, I'm going to go in there and answer comments as much as I can, um, and you can bet your bottom dollar that's not changing even as we get bigger. Thank you. Appreciate you, Force. Uh, bro, can, can, can be answer me. Can be answer me. Mac, I'm trying to answer you, but instead of asking that, you should ask the question again. Here we go. Okay, do you think Brees can be a second-round pick, assuming he lands in a good spot? Well, Brees, look at her, Brees. Mac, look at this, Mac. I just told you that Brees Hall is one of the best second-round picks you can make. So my answer is 100% yes, good man. Pick the man in the second round without hesitation. Now, Mac, try and do your very, very best to grab Brees Hall in round round three if you can. His ADP is like 3.1 to 3.5. But do I think you should mess around and let him fall to 3.3 when you can take him at the bottom of round two and get a similar player 
in the third round that you would have taken in round two. You got to weigh out the risk and reward for reaching a little bit on Brees Hall. Don't draft him at 12. But mark my words, Mac. Mark my words. Your question here, you're going to even... Not, I'm not saying laugh at it in a bad way. I'm saying you're going to laugh at the value later because of where it's going to climb. This will seem funny to you, this question. Screenshot it. In, in, in August, read it. Okay, do you think Brees can be a second-round pick? You're going to be like, oh my God, he's almost a first-round pick. Brees Hall, once he finds his landing spot, let's say Brees Hall goes to Buffalo. And Kenneth Walker could go to Buffalo. And if he does, then Brees Hall could land in a cloudy situation. Then maybe not. But if he does land in a good spot like Buffalo, and even if he doesn't, he probably climbs. He's so good. Brees Hall is going to be... Remember how people laughed at us drafting Najee Harris at 10 overall? We were taking Najee at 10 overall. People were clowning us. We didn't care. We said, at us. Laugh at us. Take a screenshot. Receipts are being taken. Laugh at me all you want. I'm taking Najee Harris at 10 all day long. He's a bottom of round one guy. He's not a guy I'm waiting for in the middle of round two. I'm not taking the chance. I'd rather grab the more secure running back, the volume monster in Najee Harris at 10 and get the same kind of wide receiver in round two that I could have got at number 10 and not risk losing Najee. The same thing's going to hold true for Brees Hall eventually. I am not telling you, Mac, or anybody watching right now, to not maximize value against ADP. Brees Hall, he does not belong at number 8, 9, or 10, or 11, or 12 overall right now because ADP commands him to go later. But I am telling you right now, it will not shock me in the least if Brees Hall is a first-round pick, even bottom of the first round, in redraft by August 15. By August 15, the middle of August, Brees Hall breaching round one in redraft will not shock me in the very least. And we might be a big reason why. Because we move ADPs as arrogant as that sounds. If you follow me at all, you follow our community, you know it to be true. We mock draft more than anybody. Then even when we're done mock drafting as a community on the show, you guys mock draft and mock draft and mock draft offline using the same kind of principles and mentality and thinking. And we manipulate ADP more than any other channel in the fantasy industry. We just do, plain and simple. So... Enjoy the Brees Hall climb. I'm sorry it's going to happen. I wish it didn't, but we got to talk about him, and that's going to drive his ADP up. So appreciate everybody here. Chase won my league, says uh, San. Appreciate you, San. Appreciate you. Uh, I get. I got Najee at the end of the second last year steal. Nice job drafting with Grandma and pulling the wool over her eyes. Way to go, bro. Way to go. Way to take Grandma down. Way to take Grandma down, not Najee in the second round. Uncle Bud. Uncle Bud, answer me. Answer me, demands Gabe. IDP, do you recommend? What IDP do you recommend? Answer me. Uh, Sauce Gardner, Stingley. Go build around those guys. I'm telling you, Sauce is going to be the best defensive player in the entire league. Um... Biggest impact defensive guy from this NFL draft class. Uncle Terry is in the house, people, says Hazel. Terry's in the house. What's up, Terry? Appreciate you being here. Hit the like button, says Terry. Depending on who drafts him, 
Uh, I'm not sure who you're talking about, but Sauce, I love Parsons. Yep. No problem. Terry's the goat. He'll punch you in the throat. Um, here's another little piece of news, and this just kind of came in uh, on NBC Sports. I haven't really had a chance to, to read it yet, so let's read it together. Over the cap.com, Fitzgerald believes the Browns deal with Deshaun Watson makes zero sense at all. The Browns allured Watson by offering him fully guaranteed $230 million contract and unprecedented deal for a player facing assault allegations from 22 people. Clearly, the Browns were desperate, Fitzgerald told the Athletic. I mean, the deal makes zero sense at all. They threw an extra year on there. I'm sure all of the other teams that were like, we are trading away so much, um, we'll work with you a little bit more. I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with what's being said, but the problem is, does this, does this Deshaun Watson deal become an outlier deal? Does it become an outlier deal? Meaning, you got Lamar Jackson probably next up to get a big contract extension at the quarterback position. He's probably going to get paid the most money that we've seen a quarterback get, um, aside from Deshaun Watson, in a long time. The question is, how close does he come to Deshaun's deal? Does does Lamar Jackson say, I'm not signing a deal unless it's 230 guaranteed? That's my minimum. You offer me the same thing that... that, that that Watson got or I'm not signing it or does he fold a little bit sign a 150 to, uh, 154 million dollar dollar deal that's like 100 100 million guaranteed you know is there like a half guaranteed thing going on with the the Lamar deal or does does Deshaun Watson's deal change everything and the the god's honest truth is that if Watson's deal influences Lamar's and Lamar signs a guaranteed fully guaranteed contract the contracts have changed forever you will never see a quarterback get anything less than guaranteed fully guaranteed money or something close to it you might see some quarterbacks get it and some quarterbacks not but for the most part the big dogs the guys like Kyler would be next after that they're gonna request fully guaranteed contracts but Lamar has control of this entire situation because if if Lamar does fold and takes like a hundred and fifty million, a hundred guaranteed, then now uh, Deshaun Watson's deal doesn't set the trend or the market for quarterbacks. It's one of those weird outliers that no one can use as a as a, a starting point or an ending point. And so it all revolves around the contract of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson will shape not only quarterback contracts moving forward but guaranteed money assumptions and expectations from players. So monitor Lamar Jackson's contract, his contract, maybe even Cooper Cup's contract. These could set the stage and cement in this guaranteed money trend, which is trending more like the NBA contracts than it does the NFL contracts. The NFL contracts of old are gone. You now have more guaranteed money than ever going to these players, but... That doesn't mean that that can't change and be dialed back depending on what Lamar and what Cooper Cup do. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be absolutely crazy. How high can these salaries go? NFL and TV don't have unlimited money. Cliff, but the extra game, the cap is going to go up tremendously. So they are going to get a cash injection or more money for the cap. The cap's going up. The cap's going up. So definitely have they do have more money to play with. 
Rams proved that draft picks are worth about as much as Magic Beans, says Tribe. Um, Watson won't won't be suspended this year. What makes you think that, Jeremy? Give me a give me some actual logic behind that. I'm not I'm not mad at the comment. I'm not necessarily tearing the comment down or telling you you're wrong. It this certainly could happen. Maybe they look at a time serve type situation or approach. But give me some like actual like logical reasons why you really believe this, Jeremy. I'm very curious why you think this is this you talking as a dynasty owner and you need Watson not to get suspended because that's what it sounds like to me. And that's okay if you feel that way. You're just supporting your guy. But give me a logical reason. Give me one reason why you believe Watson won't get suspended because he violated the NFL personal conduct policy by putting himself in these situations over 22 times. Regardless of whether they're, they were consensual, Jeremy, he's admitted to doing these things consensually. So he put the NFL in a very awkward position and bad light. And that's how they see it. Doesn't matter how we see it. That's how they see it. He violated the personal conduct policy. There's even talk about how he can be put on the commissioner exempt list, even though that was supposed to be just for criminal situations. We're trying to wait for breakdown and details on that from like Schefter and people from the legal side of it. How there's a way to use maybe breaking and violating personal conduct against maybe certain contract verbiage or whatever that makes it to where Watson can be put on the exempt list. We'll find out. But I'd love to know, Jeremy. Um, let me see. Jeremy says there's no basis. Let's read Jeremy's comment. There's no basis. No criminal charges and civil won't be settled this year. Um, again, Jeremy, he violated the, the personal conduct policy. I think maybe you wrote that after I, I said that. But he violated the personal conduct policy. Him doing what he did the way he did it violated their personal conduct policy. Going out to over 20 or 30, uh, and we don't even know the true number, um, little small-time entrepreneurial uh, masseuse companies or brands or people that do one-off massages or whatever, and going to those individuals and bringing them in and making them sign a, 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 a NDA non-disclosure agreement before they'd massage them and all that like all this stuff was very much out of the realm of personal conduct uh you know guidance guidelines for the nfl uh so jeremy there is a basis there's absolutely a basis and they will definitely be suspending him in my mind the question is do they take into account um time served by being out a full year already um maybe maybe but they will most certainly be suspending him for i would say four to half of a season four games to half of a season but make no mistake about it he violated the personal conduct policy um in in especially in their mind in their eyes and they they can they can make that determination um zeke was the last rookie running back to place top five that's a bad track record for rookies hod don't worry don't look at rookies don't look at that historical data too too closely Okay, because because Najee Harris, what was Najee Harris? Where did Najee rank? Najee was was depending on your scoring. Najee was around five. Um, I'm looking at one league right here. Let me pull it up. Uh, Najee Harris was the let's see leaders from 2021 stats. Running backs. Najee Harris was number three. So what are you talking about, Hod? Najee Harris is number three or four in fantasy football. Um, so, 
you got Najee, you got Zeke, you got, and not, not to mention rookies are different to, in today's NFL, bro. Rookies are so different. Like rookies, five years. Like if you're going to use track records up to the last like two or three or four years, I feel like you're using old mentality, old offenses, different, different, you know, different, different college game. Like it's hard to compare that. Like Hall coming out. Uh, Najee Harris, Javante Williams was only held back because of the situation and the fact that they didn't want to put mileage on him. Like, you would have had two running backs in Javante and Najee that would have both been top five. So any, any, for anything, I would I would say, I'd actually say that we're more likely to see that going forward than not. We'll see at least one rookie running back in the top, like, seven, I'd say, each year. Or at least every other year. And next year could be an even better rookie running back year. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Sometimes guys look really good, and then they end up kind of tailing out and, and, and leveling out. But but I'd say Najee Harris and Javante are walking into... They had such good rookie years. They're walking into year two, both in the top three overall. You have Najee and Javante, both top three. Like, that's crazy. Um... Pitt isn't ideal for running backs. Pittsburgh, bad offensive line and QB that can't stretch the field. Um, they did improve the offensive line already. They still have the draft upcoming. I agree with you on the quarterback situation. I don't really love the fact that, uh, I don't know, that, 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 that Trubisky's unproven, but maybe he does well. Maybe he does better than Big Ben did. You know, and, and, and even if he doesn't, the situation can change. They can get a neck. They can get the next big running back in 2023. So it will be maybe one more year. And running backs can survive a, ba- a mediocre quarterback situation. Think about it. How did Indy do last year at the running back position? Pretty, pretty darn good. And did they have an elite quarterback? No, they didn't. Did they have a quarter? Is Trubis- Trubisky going to be as good as Wentz? Probably. So. If the offensive line's improved, and it is, and you've got a quarterback that's as good as Wentz was in Indy, why can't Najee have one one more elite year under the, the helm of a, an okay quarterback? And as Pittsburgh evolves, they have good young pieces in the wide receivers and the tight end, and they're improving the offensive line, and you've got a, a top five overall player in Najee. They've got the opportunity, I think, to turn turn the, the tide a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Goodell already ruled out Commissioner Exemplist. If the optics were a big concern, he would have placed him on the list. Actually, the, the Commissioner Exemplist, that was ruled out um, a while ago, bro. They've talked about the Commissioner Exemplist being a potential op- option moving forward. So you're, I think you're on older news on this. It's definitely been updated. Uh, and and there, there's a lot of things being looked at. The reason the commissioner exemplist was not on the table is because it was a civil, not a criminal situation. But now I believe they're looking at the the commissioner exemplist because of the conduct, the personal conduct policy, or how that's relating to it. I don't know. I'm gonna have a legal expert come on and try and explain uh, this situation because it's it's above all, every single one of our pay grades, and we need someone to come out with a, a detailed. Uh, explanation as to why the commissioner exemplist is now in play when it literally was off the table in, in in terms of everything that I knew and read about it and was told because civil can't put you on the exemplist only criminal but 
suspension is completely Jeremy. You got to uh, no offense, Jeremy, but you got to be a, a Deshaun Watson dynasty owner because you're you're literally trying to will this thing to not be a problem. And the bottom line is he will get suspended, Jeremy. He's going to be suspended, and the Browns know that. The Browns know that. That's why. Have you looked at the contract? Look at the contract. Um, let me pull it up. Deshaun Watson contract. Look at this contract. And, and it explains everything. Let me see. Where is it? Let me pull this up. Here's Deshaun Watson's contract. If this doesn't tell you something, then I don't know how else to explain it. Look at uh, look at this contract here for Deshaun Watson. Base salary in 2022, $1 million. Base salary in 2023, 46. 46, 46, 46, unrestricted free agent. He's getting paid $1 million in 2022. There, there is a potential that this man's going to miss half of the year. Um, so th- th- that that's partially explaining it. Second of all, it's very well known that that the Browns are expecting to not literally have him available for half of a year, which is why they brought in Brissett, which is why they're toying with the idea of if they don't get enough, they're not going to trade Baker. They'll probably try and trade Baker still. I, I fully believe they will get rid of him. But but Jeremy, he's he's missing ha- he's missing four to eight games. Like that's very very well known. There, there's, there's no, there's definitely, I, 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 I seem to think that you believe there's no violation of any personal conduct policy. And that's kind of where I think you're going to see it differently than other people. And that's fine. And you never know. You never know. But Jeremy, he violated the league personal conduct policy. It's not the people that argue that he didn't think that nothing happened, that the whole thing was made up. And that's not the case. The parts that, that are made up according to Deshaun Watson, who's admitted that much of this happened, but from a consensual level, people think that the whole thing, the, everything's made up. Like, none of these situations went down. They did. And that's what the league has a problem. And the league's going to come in and say, this can't happen ever again. And here's what's going to happen. Um, uh, Saquon was top three. His rookie season says 49er. Um, I don't think we'll ever see Saquon return to form, though. Just saying. Just saying. Emil says he'll get suspended. I think everyone... I, I understand Jeremy wants to fight for it, and that's fine. And I, I, I don't blame you, Jeremy, but he's you're you're hopeful because you got to have him in the Dynasty League. I mean, at least admit it. you got him in the Dynasty League, and you're trying to go to bat for your person, and that's fine. And I appreciate that, and I actually respect it, Jeremy. But just be prepared. Buckle up, because the suspension's coming. Can you show the Cup League ring... Blackbeard got it today. Uh, Blackbeard got his today. Yeah, um, here's the the ring that we're getting for the winner of the Cooper Cup League. And if you you guys, we got a probably about I don't know like 18 spots left, maybe 15 spots, something like that. I give you Fantasy Cup 2022. 15 rounds, 96 owners. That's 1,440 picks. Eight copies of every player in the player pool. That means Jonathan Taylor will likely consume all of picks one through eight. 
And Henry and Cup could make up most of picks 9 through 24. 60 minute timer. This draft could take 80 days to complete. 96 owners, 15 rounds, 8 copies of every player in the player pool. One division of 96. One winner. I give you Fantasy Cup 2022. If you want in that league, it's not an entry fee by any means. It's not a money league, but it's a $20 super chat. I'm trying to, to come up with a really cool league for everybody dropping a 20 spot or higher to help the show out. And the prizes are insane. There's a autographed Joe Montana, Jerry Rice Hall of Fame red helmet. It's phenomenal. Grant is putting that up against anybody that can win the league and beat him. Meaning, you got to win the league to get the helmet. And if Grant wins the league, second place isn't getting it. He's only surrendering it if he can be beaten. And the person that finishes first can will and will get that helmet. Also, we got all kinds of prizes. My boys over at Custom Fantasy Rings sent me this little number here to show off what it is that the winner of our league is going to get. And it's it's a beauty. This isn't your $30. There are $30, $40, $50 fantasy rings out there. Not saying those are bad products. I've talked to those people before too. And they're cool. They're, they are what they are. This company right here, Custom Fantasy Rings, they sat around one day many years ago and said, I want to have like for my championship for the league trophy be like a legitimate looking Super Bowl ring. Feel like a Super Bowl ring. Be the weight of a Super Bowl ring. Look like a Super Bowl ring. Come in a box like this that makes your girl think you're proposing to her if she sees this in your pocket. You pull it out. You open it up. Look at this bad boy right here. It's heavy. It sparkles. It feels and looks like a real Super Bowl ring. This thing is so heavy, when you put it on your finger, it literally falls. It's so top heavy. This thing looks like a real Super Bowl ring. It's got my name right here, and it will have your name too. Look at that, Smitty. Smitty. 2022, Smitty. And you can pick it, and this is like a $150 to two, $300 ring. And, and so the winner is going to get their choice of a couple different options. That's why I'm saying $150 to $300, depending on the ring you pick. But this is what my boys over at Custom Fantasy Rings are going to be providing to the winner. Not to mention we'll have other prizes. So anybody dropping a $20 Super Chat or higher will get a spot in that league. Um, so you're going to want to be involved because we're going to talk about it. We're going to show the standings all year. And you're going to be so mad at yourself that you aren't in this league if you aren't uh, if you aren't grabbing the spot now. Because we're talking about it all the time. Um, let's go to the voicemails. We're a little over, but that's okay. Um, let's go to the voice messages. And uh, if anybody wants to drop one in my voicemail groups, do it. If you want to be in the voicemail groups, please DM me on Instagram and say, um, Smitty, put me in your voicemail group. This is from... Tariq. What up, Smitty? Happy Monday, it's Tariq. Uh, who What's are up? the better two receivers to take from the Broncos? Is it Cortland Sutton or is it Jerry Judy? Uh, it could go either way. I say Jerry Judy. I think he's you know he's a top five route runner in the NFL, um, and that's without him proving anything else on the field. So like you you marry a guy like Judy, who's a top five route runner, to a raindrop football passer in Russell Wilson dropping raindrop dimes into the corner of the end zone. I don't know about you, but I get pretty darn excited, 
pretty darn excited. Fantasy Dog, I don't know if you entered or not. I, if you if you dropped a 20 Super Chat and I send you an invite, then that's the only way I'd know. I can't keep track of like who's in it off the top of my head. Uh, but, you know, if you drop that and you and you got an invite, then you're, you're in. I don't know. if That's the same league we've been talking about. Um, give me Judy. But if Judy got hurt or banged up, could Sutton replace him and become the main guy? Absolutely. But give me Jerry Judy. What kind of league, Smitty? How many teams in it? I just played the promo, Derek. It's about a minute or two long promo. It's the 96-team league, eight copies of every player, um, meaning it's 96 picks per round. It's going to take two months to complete, probably. Uh, Hour timer off at midnight to 6 a.m. Eight copies of every player means that at pick 96, which the turn pick in round one, round two, will be pick 96 and 97 at the turn picks. And at, the, at that range, you'll have Devontae, eight copies of Devontae Adams or eight copies of Tyreek Hill sitting there at pick 96 because there's eight copies of every player. So your team won't be thin. You'll have the same kind of team that you'd have in a 12-team league because of the eight copies of every player in the player pool. You can never own one copy twice on one team, but there will be eight copies for people to, to grab. Uh, Cody with a super chat got Lamar, Mixon, Elliott, Adams, Debo, B. Cook, Kittle, and Godwin. Would you trade Zeke and Kittle for Chubb and Goddard? Um, God, that's uh, probably. I probably because Kittle's there's more of a likelihood that Goddard could hang with Kittle than 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 Zeke's gonna hang with Chubb. So I probably would do that. I probably would do that. My first reaction was like I don't know, but then you start thinking about it. Zeke's toast, man. Like Zeke could do good for a little bit, but that's it. That's it. Uh, no problem. Derek, appreciate you and hope you hope you join the league, man. You won't you won't regret it because it's going to be fun. We're talking about it constantly. Let's hit the voice messages again. What do we got here? We got Caden. Caden. Hey, what's going, Smitty? Um, I sent this voicemail earlier, but I don't know if you got got to see it. But basically, with all this DK drama going on, you know, I want to send an offer to the DK owners in my league. But the thing is, it's like exactly what is his value? Now, with all this conjecture that he could go to the Chiefs or, you know, or the Packers, basically I was thinking I could trade away Saquon for him, but at the same time, I feel like I need to get a little bit more. Same thing if I trade away Chubb. I think Chubb's a little bit more valuable than DK, but, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, DK's, you got to buy DK at third or later value because his ADP dropped a ton. You lose Russell Wilson, you drop into round three. And people even make fun of you when you draft DK in round three. So Chubb's a second rounder. If we're talking dynasty, maybe they are very close, but I'm going after a Waddle, you know, more than I'm going after a DK in dynasty. But I like both of them. And if DK lands in Green Bay or he lands in, uh, you know, a location where he's going to get fed a ton, I don't know that New York would be like, New York would be better than being in, in Seattle, believe me. But, but I, I think Green Bay would be like the ultimate, you know, Kansas City would be the ultimate for him. Um, and if he lands there, he's top 10 and people are going to be right back to drafting him around two, you know, at the end of round two or somewhere around there. But, but Chubb, yeah, I'm not trading a Chubb for, for DK right now. Uh, I'd have to know more of your, your players and what you got to try and really give you a better idea, but I'm not trading Chubb. Um, what was the other part of that? Value offer to the DK owners in my league. But the thing is, it's like exactly what is his value? Now, with all this conjecture that he could go to the Chiefs or, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to know the, the details on your actual lineup or whatever. 
Hey, Smitty, it's Tariq again. Uh, what do you think the chances or likelihood of Malik Willis being drafted in the right situation to the Pittsburgh Steelers? And if he is drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers by any small chance, uh, where do you see Najee Harris going into the 2022 season? Thanks, Bob. I think this was asked last time, and I, hey, and, I, and I don't know if I answered it fully, but I would say Malik Willis did have to trade up um, to get him. I think he's going to go high. But he'd be that'd be a great spot for him. I think he'd mature pretty quickly. He'd have the weapons. He'd have the the steady offense. He'd be he'd keep the defenses a little more honest. And I think they're improving their offensive line already. And people are saying that their offensive line's garbage. Well, it was garbage, and I think it's going to get better. Um, but but is he going to average four point eight eight yards a carry? No, he's probably they've improved it a little bit. And I think he's more along the lines of like four point two, four point three versus three point nine. And that's good. It's really going to revolve around will Trubisky move the football down the field and get this team on a bunch of, uh, you know, scoring drives, you know, often. Can they get in the red zone frequently? Will there be a lot of three and outs? Will teams stack the box and force Trubisky to throw because maybe he can't? Or can he and keep defenses honest? Um, if, Mal- if Malik Willis was there, I believe, even if they didn't start him right away, and I don't know that they would out the gate. I think they would roll with Trubisky for a little bit. But Malik Willis would definitely be a better long-term option because you know he's got potential top 10 quarterback appeal. Whether it ever materializes or not, that's a whole other thing. But he could be a top 10 quarterback. And so for Najee, I would love it. I think it would be great. Hey, Smitty. I just saw you answer my question a few minutes ago. Uh, basically, my lineup is Trey Lance, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, Justin Jefferson. Wide receiver two is eh, Elijah Moore. Eh, you know, no, it's kind of a, w- a bit weak there. Then I have Kittle, and then I also have Saquon and Michael Carter. So my running backs are solid. Running wide receivers, not so much. I mean, Michael Carter, DK. Honestly, I'd rather have DK than Saquon. You know, but but like, can you get more? I, I don't like Saquon. You know, for the long term, so I'd rather I'd rather have DK in a way, but I, fair market value, maybe you can get more. So that, that's tough. Uh, Hod Hod's asking, this must be a tough league to compete in the the ninety six team league. Not really, like to win it, yeah, because there's ninety six people, but your team's gonna look like a twelve team league because there's eight copies of every player. That means at pick ninety six, it's literally. Devontae Adams and Hill. Eight copies of Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Swift. And every player right around 12 overall, you'll have eight copies of them around pick 96. And so, essentially, you'll run out of Tyreek Hills and Devontae Adams probably at like 110. You know? That means that like at pick 200, you're talking about Josh Allen at pick 200. Eight copies of Josh Allen sitting there at pick 200. Like, so it's not hard to develop a good team. You're just going against 96 people. So winning it will be hard, but competing in it, no. There'll be everybody very, very close. Um, everyone drafts like Smitty. We kind of we do and we kind of don't. Like, it'll, it'll be tough if that's what you mean. Like, in that in that sense that we're all going to snipe each other. That's true. Elijah Moore isn't weak wide receiver two. I agree with that. I was going to just say that. That he said, ah, weak wide receiver two. No, we like Elijah Moore here on the show. Don't, don't disparage the man. I like him a lot. Um, you could argue he's better than DK. Would I take DK over Elijah Moore? Probably, but maybe not. I mean, I don't, maybe I don't want to. Maybe maybe I say, let's let it ride with Elijah Moore. The problem is, what if DK goes to New York? 
he really would be becoming the number one there. Elijah Moore would stay the two. So ultimately, I'd rather have DK than Elijah Moore. But in the current situation, DK in Seattle, if he doesn't get traded out, maybe Elijah Moore is better. So it's kind of a catch-22. You know what I'm saying, bro? Okay. Um, Tariq. What up, Smitty? Happy Monday. It's Tariq. Uh, who are the better two receivers to take from the... Oh, I already got that one. That was the Jerry, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton one. Um, Blackbeard. Blackbeard's showing his ring off. Look at this. Oh, that's a nice one, Blackbeard. Let me, let me, let me put this on screen. He's even got, it says Blackbeard on it. That's great. This is the ring that, that he won from. What did you win this ring from? Was it from this last, the, the, the door league? Look at that. That looks a lot like mine. I think he chose the same colors and same ring. The red. We got a very, yeah, we got the same ring, Blackbeard. I love it. Got the red. Look at that. Black beard. That a boy. Geno Smith. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Everyone drafts. Where were we at? Alright, we got any more messages here? Thank you, Blackbeard, for sending that. Very awesome, pal. Very, very cool. Uh, Terry Roberts in the house. Appreciate you, Terry. I'll, I see your DMs. I'll get to you in, in a little bit here. Um, that's it. Just a ring giveaway. Oh, okay. Nice job. Well, that is all she wrote. Mark Cleveland, appreciate you as always. Um, Terry Roberts, appreciate you. As always, guys, hit the, the thumbs up and subscribe button on your way out the door. I probably will be. I probably will be live um, at some point tonight. I hope to do a best ball and mock draft. I'll let you know. At the very least, I imagine I'll be live just breaking down news. Um, mock drafts are definitely going to kick into gear. I know a lot of you are like, let's mock draft, let's mock draft. And believe me, we will. Like in the months of June, July, and August, we'll be mock drafting like it seems like every night. So that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to like mock draft every time we go live. Like even tonight, I may just go live and break down news and stuff. Uh, I like mock drafting. We're just going to do so much of it that we don't need to force it every single night. So just understand that. Plus, you know what? To be honest with you, I like mock drafting, but it's not my favorite show. I like talking about news. I like going over player values. I like breaking down things. I'm not the biggest fan of repetitive. I, and I do it enough. June, July, August. I do it literally all June, July, and August. And I get so burned out on mock drafts that that honestly, like right now here in April, I'm not dying to do them every time we go live at night. Um, it's not that I won't. It's not that I'm still not mock drafting more than, than most shows. But I just, you know, I like to talk about the news. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Zinsky, yeah, Zinsky and I went at it last night when he said, my team's the best bottom line and he drafted this team and your boy Smitty is like before I even looked at it I'm like bro don't see your team's better than mine we'll put a little wager on it you buy a $99 lifetime membership to sleeperu.com if 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 I beat you 
and I'll give you the $99 lifetime membership to sleeper.com if you beat me. And Sinski's like, deal, deal, because he thought he mock drafted the best team. I hadn't looked at it yet. I turn and I say, Adams, Diggs, Keenan Allen, Clyde, Leonard Fournette. This is the team you think is better than my team, which is Burrow, JT, Waddle, Waller, and Brees Hall. And I, I about lost it. So we let him and I both acquire one more player so that he could roll with a quarterback. I drafted a flex. He drafted a quarterback. So we gave him Russell Wilson. We gave me St. Brown, the wide receiver. And now it's a little more even, but I still think I got him beat. I still think there's no way, unless some injury strikes me, that I'm losing to Zinski's team over here when I've got a monster in Brees Hall, uh, a monster in JT, a monster in Joe Burrow, a bounce back in Waller, a breakout in, in St. Brown, who's not on the screen, but I got him in JT. Absolute monster of a team. But that, that was fun. That was last night. Zinski and I. Zinski and I accepting that challenge. Sorry. Uh, all right, let me reset this timer to one minute. Appreciate everybody being here. Subscribe if you're new. Hit the thumbs up button on the way out the door. Smash it. Tap it. Tippy tap it. Smash it. However you like to hit your thumb up button. Do it your way, but just do it. Let your boy Smitty know you appreciate him. And more importantly, I answer every single comment you guys leave on my channel. So if there's a question I didn't ask and someone in here is in all capital letters saying, answer me like they've been doing all show, ask me in the chat. Ask me in the comment section of this video the moment it is up to rewatch on YouTube, not in the live chat here, in the comment section where it starts out with zero comments. Your boy Smitty is here, literally, ready to answer every one of your comments in my YouTube video comment section. Uh, no, the funniest part was the McCormick pick. Yeah, someone picked McCormick. <laughs> the last, like the, the fifth.